the Body Story podcast, where I share the candid, inspiring conversations I've enjoyed with my guests about their bodies. I invite my guests to dig into their past and share their stories of their bodies developing, growing and changing. The first series revolves around people identifying as women. I'm your host, Sarah Walwork, fitness business owner of 15 years and cis middle-aged mum. When Jazzy was a little girl, she loved Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. She loved dolls and was, in her words, a girly girl. She had boyfriends early, wanted to be a model and loved Jennifer Hawkins. She embraced the womanly changes to her body during puberty. During high school, she moved out of home, became independent and managed working to pay the rent, schoolwork and a punishing exercise regime. The combination of too much responsibility and freedom at a young age saw Jazzy run off the rails. At the tender age of 18 and a brush with the law, Jazzy decided she needed a focus and to work hard to turn her life around. She gave up alcohol, worked two jobs and managed to cook her way to finals on My Kitchen Rules, accompanied by my daughter Stella. Jazzy worked hard to create space and stability in her life. Today, at 27, she's come to find more peace with her body and more peace in her life. This is a wonderful body story. All right, here we are, Jazzy, you and me in the podcast suite. Exciting. <laughs> yes, so exciting. So set the scene for me of Jazzy as a little girl. Where were you living? So I was living in Hilton. Yep. Um, so not far from Freo. In a house. In a house, yep, in a yeah. house. and uh, With your own room? Yeah, I had my own room. Um, I was very lucky. I was at that time an only child and had we had a big house. I had my sort of own study or playroom and my own room, which was heavily themed yeah. at the time. <laughs> uh, originally, what was the theme? Come it on. started off as a purple fairy room, lots of sparkles, lots of fairies and lots of purple, purple walls, purple sheets, purple everything. Yeah. Um, and as I got a little bit older, I ended up having a sort of Princess Jasmine themed, <laughs> sort of Moroccan inspired gold, pink and purple again. Who's, who is Princess Jasmine? From Aladdin. Oh my God. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. And obviously Jazzy Jasmine had to have oh. the Princess Jasmine room. So from that, would you say were you a girly girl? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was such a girly girl. Just textbook. Yeah, loved all that stuff. So what were you playing? What did you love to play? Uh, I just had a lot of babies. Yeah. So I used to take my babies everywhere along with a double stroller, you know, the baby bag, nappies, food, bottles, everything. And I would sit down at a cafe and lift up my shirt and breastfeed my babies. (laughs) How many? (laughs) Uh, I had a a few, but my main one was was my baby born, which I called Trucky Born because I had drawn on it and it had a few tattoos. It looked like like a Trucky, but, (laughs) yeah, I had a lot of babies. Always loved babies. Oh, I love it. So what did you love to do with your body, would you say, Jazzy, when you were a little girl? Like what did you – how did you move your body? Um, I used to ride my bike a bit. Mm. Um, I had some different pets as well. So I used to play with them and have them on the bike in the basket. And, um, 
yeah, I, I played a lot. I was an only child, but I was I used to be very happy playing by myself. Yeah, did you? You yeah. played a lot by yourself. Yeah. And go into those kind of imagin- imaginary worlds and mm. create those spaces for yourself, would yeah. you say? I was always really creative. I've always been been that way. So yeah, big imagination, lots of playing with yeah, dolls, babies. Yeah, yeah lots of Barbies. All that sort of All stuff. All that <laughs> stuff. Did you, um, like, did you have a trampoline or did you, besides, like, riding your bike, did you go, what about the ocean? Did you go to the ocean much? Um, You're much of a swimmer? Not, I, not really, to yeah. be honest. We would go to the beach a bit, but I oh, didn't do heaps and heaps of swimming, I wouldn't yeah. say. Um, more sun tanning. Just <laughs> 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 probably... <laughs> inappropriate to say but it's true (laughs) anything's appropriate to say here I promise you so did you once you're getting a little bit older first of all I want to know did you do away with the um as you were you know getting a little bit older did you do away with the princess stuff and all that kind of thing or did you hang on to that um I definitely let go of princesses I'd say but I I evolved with other things and I held on to a few sort of obsessions maybe a little longer than others so it's like high school musical for example I was definitely still hanging on to that well into high school um sort of the end of primary school going into high school were you doing playing sport at school or anything like that yes I played t-ball that I think pretty sure that was my first team sport from memory um and then you know everyone did swimming lessons of course and then we did I did netball as well yeah um which I really loved and I still play netball to this day. Oh, that's so awesome. Mm, yeah. We'll get to that later. I love that. What did you love about netball? Um, I loved that it was girly. Really? I loved that all the girls played it. Okay. Um, I loved... That's pleated skirt. Would that have anything to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> I did like the skirt, but I actually had quite an ugly uniform. It was green and black, which I wasn't Ooh. stoked about, but that was my local colours. Um but no, I just I think I loved the the team element of it. When I played T-ball, it was boys and girls, and mm. I don't know the boys always are more competitive and steal all the spotlight, and all, you know they do the big hits and you can't hit as far. And T-ball wasn't as fun for me. Netball yeah. was a lot more fun, and I liked it. Did you feel like you had some um, mastery over netball? Would you say like were you would you consider yourself a good player? Um, geez, you'd hope so after about eighteen years of playing, but. <laughs> Um, no, I would consider myself a good player. I'm definitely not the fittest on the on the court, but I mm. think I've I've played enough games to know my way. Yeah, around the mid court, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, amazing. When you were when you were a girl, that's still a girl. Were you? Would you say you were aware of your body? Like, did yeah. you ever think about your body and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think I. I was always very skinny as a kid. Yep. I and then I shot up and grew quite tall before you know other people at my age. And you know, how old were you? I'm going to say like year six. And I was quite slim then because I, you know my body hadn't caught up yet yep. with my height. And I remember not long after that my body changed dramatically. Right. Yeah. So was this around the time you got your first menstrual cycle? Yeah, no, yeah, a couple of, around that within those few years after. Few years, yeah. And in that time, do you like? Did anyone talk to you about sex and periods and stuff like that? And you before it happened? Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. And I didn't really want to talk about it to be honest. I've always yeah. been someone who's very easily embarrassed, and yeah, um, 
I had people in my life and family who were very open and were, you know, keen to educate me and talk to me about it. And to be honest, I didn't really want to hear too much or didn't want to have too much of a conversation. I had a close friend at school, one of my best friend, and she had older siblings and yeah. she just knew everything. So if I was unsure or wanted to know something, I'd ask her. But I was too embarrassed to have the conversations with family. I didn't. I shut it down when they brought it up. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. That and and it's so good to be, to have a peer, isn't it? That mm. you can feel comfortable with and ask those questions. Okay, so you're getting to a point at where all of a sudden you're feeling like and you're noticing your body is changing. What's changing? What what happened? I remember some one thing in particular, which I think most people probably wouldn't think of, but this mm. affected me quite a lot. Was my hair started getting really dark? Right. Yeah. And I'd always sort of identified as this sort of very feminine, blonde, sort of beach girl, blue eyes, that sort of, in my head, that's what an Aussie beach girl sort of looked like. And my hair started getting darker and darker. And I had had brown hair. I was a brunette. Yeah. And I would get so offended if people said I had brown hair. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. Yeah. Had you been dyeing your hair before that or was it? Um, I used to pinch some this sort of like sun bleach spray out of like the bathroom cabinet at home that was definitely not mine um, to try and lighten my hair, do things like that. But otherwise, no, I wasn't dyeing my hair. Yeah, at that age. At that age. I hit um, just before my hair went curly at like 15, it's about 15, I got a just peroxide and dyed all my hair. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It went orange. orange. So it went orange, completely orange. And then a little while later, I think after, I, then I cut it really short, like boy short, and then it grew back curly from straight, yeah. yeah. So it's amazing, isn't it, the changes that happen around that time. Okay, so your hair colour changed. Anything yeah. else? Yeah, my hair colour changed. I started growing boobs, which to be honest, I was thrilled about. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was thrilled. God, yeah. I hated getting I was boobs. stuffing my bra before that. Yeah, oh. I was dying to have boobs. I was I, I was like such a girly girl. I was just in in my head, you know, having big boobs was very girly and womanly and I yeah. was yeah, very keen. Oh, that to, is hilarious. So that. did you get did you have the bra and you're putting the tissues yeah, in the Yeah, when bra I was before? in like uh not in high school, god, that that'd be terrible. I think it was like I'm going to say year 6 or 7 maybe yeah. or year 6 maybe. Yeah, I can't remember, but I do vividly remember having a Supre top on and then under the top there was definitely some tissue in there. That is too (laughs) cute. I love it. (laughs) That's so interesting that you loved Mm. getting the boobs. I suppose lots of girls do. I, I, um... I, I got teased by a few of my siblings and so I just, the, the T-shirt came on and that was, you know, yeah. over the bathers and I didn't, I didn't want to know about the boobs. Plus it felt like it slowed me down, mm. you know. Anyway, it's, it's all good. Okay, so you got the boobs, your, hair's, your <laughs> hair went brown. Anything else? Is that all that was changing? Well, I suppose you said you got taller as well, didn't you? I got taller, which I loved. I, yeah, I did you to, love that I wanted too? to be taller. Yeah, in my yeah. head I, was, I wanted to... Um, be a model. I did some modelling as a as a yeah. kid, yeah, and I really wanted to pursue that. And tell me about that. How was that? How'd you get into that? I I don't really know how I got into it. I yeah. think my family signed me up for some modelling classes yeah. or something like that. Um, I was really obsessed with Jennifer Hawkins when she won Miss Universe okay. Australia yeah. and then won the whole Miss Universe competition, which was two thousand and four. So I was eight years old. Um, I think I'm getting that right. Two thousand four. Anyway. Around that time, and mm. I was completely obsessed with Jennifer Hawkins, wanted to be a model, 
Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. Miss Universe, quite a girly thing. I just loved all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, being tall was not a problem. Was happy to grow taller and taller. So you're getting into sort of early into high school years now. What's happening with, is anyone talking about sex or is it still that friend you talked about or is it all the kids at school? And, I mean, when, when are we talking, like early 2010-ish? How long um, ago? You're 27 now. Yeah, 2009 was, it was year eight of yeah, high school. Right. Yeah, people definitely talked about it. I don't. I wouldn't say well, year eight. I would say probably more like, I would say more year nine, ten. Were you thinking about love as well? Was that part of that dream or sex or anything like that? I would say probably not sex. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but love definitely. I was always very boy obsessed from from a really young age. Like I, I definitely would have had crushes on boys long before other girls did yeah um like in you know kindy pre-primary that sort of I yeah. was always loving boys yeah a, a, yeah primary school always had a boyfriend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd talk on msn after school <laughs> yeah six and seven um oh. yeah i loved boys loved Aww. them that's so cute. <laughs> Any passion going on at primary school then? No, not at primary school. I think no. I think my first kiss was until year nine. Was it? Yeah, yeah. from memory. Yeah. How was it? Um, I just remember being so scared. I was shaking. No. The the boy was a bit older at yeah. high school as well, so it was just that extra pressure. Cool yeah. guy, older, and yeah, I just remember being so scared. Just wanted to be good and didn't want to be bad or be embarrassed or. All but you were feelings. keen to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And did, was that like a relationship then? Did it continue? No, no, no thank was... God, because he went to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have made it quite difficult, although you could have gone and visited him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm. During that time, like as a teenager, you you had your own ideal there, but what messages do you reckon you were receiving about your body from – you know, around school, around media. You were saying so what and what were you um looking at? You said MSN at that point. Mm. Or Facebook would have started. MySpace, but we use MySpace, MySpace a lot in primary school where you have but MySpace was a bit of a rough platform because you've got was your it? five top best friends. So you pick your best friends and that is on your front profile. So it's very um toxic, let's be honest. Wow. So and I remember my username I, I I don't know why I'm actually admitting to this because it's probably not traceable now, so I probably don't even have to. But it's was Jazzy Hottie One Hundred One. True right. story. <laughs> True story. Um, obviously, I was a very confident kid at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the messages were definitely: if you're good looking, you will do well in life. And I was told that by people in my family. I, I was told that by what I was seeing around me, and. Unfortunately, I do think there is probably still some truth to it in this day and age, but that was definitely the message I was receiving in primary school and in high school as well. Yeah, and do you think that was was that permeating through to you and your ideal of yourself, do you reckon, definitely. at that time? Yeah, yeah definitely. In, uh, when I was younger and, yeah, all through primary school, I was very confident and I yeah. felt really good about myself. Um, like uh, I felt like I was stereotypically good looking right yeah um and physically like just in my face or even in my body mm. and then in high school that changed in my for me it did and yeah that changed my view on myself yeah what was your view of yourself then do you think um 
I wasn't proud of myself and I always wanted to change things. Right. Yeah. About your body, are you talking about? Yeah, about about how I looked, about my body. My yeah. body was definitely the main focus, but even just how I looked, like, you know, I wanted to dye my hair or, yeah. you know, fake tan as much as possible and be as yeah. dark skin as possible and... Did you still have the ideas of the um, girly girl and the and the um, sort of was the, were those ideals the still the same of the woman you kind of wanted to be? Do you think? Definitely, yeah. But I would say that I probably started presenting slightly different. Oh yeah, how? Yeah. As I lost confidence, I just dressed a little bit differently. I started to dress a bit tomboy, yeah. which wasn't me, but it was just sort of my way of of covering up a bit. Mm. Um, not not in a way that I was revealing before, but just. Yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose covering up a bit of a facade, really. Did that help? Do you think? Um, I mean, potentially, but mm. yeah, I, I didn't feel comfortable in myself at all. Mm. That's for sure. When so now you're at high school, and um, were you moving your body any way at that particular time? I was, but it was definitely it felt like a punishment. Oh, I did it. I was like, what, what were you doing? Uh, like for example, I'd run to school or I also had mm. a gym membership next to school. So I'd run, do a workout, mm. then go to school. Um, but just trying to lose weight all the time. I was fluctuating heavily. You know, sometimes mm. I'd come back from summer holidays, 15 kilos lighter, and then I'd gain the weight again. Mm. I was fluctuating huge numbers and yeah, exercise. I, I dreaded exercise. It was mm. a way for me to yeah, it was. I felt like I had to do it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't enjoyable for me. And yeah. yeah, so I didn't really like moving my body at that time. Really, the let's if we can just jump back a bit to was anything happening as far as the MySpace stuff and the social media stuff with messaging at that time? Do you remember in high school or not so much? Was it more after high school? Do you reckon? Um, in in high school, we definitely were more active on Facebook. MySpace had sort of taken a back seat. And there was also this... How was that landscape? Um, yeah, it was it's, fine. I mean, it, yeah. there was definitely sort of, you know, everyone wanted to be popular on social media, you know, yeah. have the most likes, have the most friends, have the most whatever it would be. Um, and you used to do this thing that you put up a status saying like, um, like this and I'll rate you out of 10 or whatever. And then you post on that person's page. There was a lot of that sort of stuff or like, um, and the rating I'm taking it is from how you look. Well, yeah. Usually yeah. it would it would be out of ten, and then they would elaborate a little bit. It'd be like um, seven out of ten. Seem nice, but don't really know you. Ha <laughs> ha. Lol. X. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was definitely tied to look, especially if it was the opposite sex doing it on you. Wow. As well. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. That's just so intense. That yeah. is so intense. It makes me think about um, I was talking to my husband the other day about, I don't know if you did back in the when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, we used to do this thing in class where you'd have a piece of paper and everyone in the class had to write something nice about you and then fold it down. Oh, do you warm do and fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, is yeah. that what it was we called? We did it at work recently actually. Oh, it's, <laughs> so, it's, I found one in my stuff recently and unravelled it and it was hilarious like you said, mm-hmm. like, Sarah, I like your hair. Or you're funny, Sarah. Or you know, but just <laughs> yeah. all these cute things, all these things that you had to stop and think about all the people in your class mm. as the piece of paper got handed around and write something on there. 
but it was really sweet. You know, it was about the person. Less, yeah. of course, you got the hair comments, but um, <laughs> you know, there was other stuff too. You worked really hard, didn't you? As a, like a teenager, you went out and you were as in working, supporting yourself at one point, weren't you? Yeah, I did. I I had a job as soon as I could get one mm-hmm. um, in high school, and I I moved out of home during school as well, and was living. Um, I was just renting a room off someone off Gumtree. Like obviously I wasn't able to get a lease at that point mm-hmm. as underage. But um, yeah, so I used to work after school at a restaurant in Fremantle. Yeah. I worked at that business for seven years. So yeah, worked a lot of shifts there. Um, but yeah, I always, I've yeah, always worked quite a lot. Yeah. And how did you, I mean, you were so young, I guess, did you just handle that amount of like long shifts and working hard and that kind of thing, would you say, on your tiredness and your body? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think I was taught like a work ethic from a a really young age. So it was something that um, was just sort of part of me really and part of my just attitude and what I thought is just what you do. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, uh, you know, it was quite obvious to me that I was living quite differently to a lot of my peers. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah. And how did that feel in your body, do you think? Um, I think I felt misunderstood mm. by especially even my teachers, um, even my friends a little bit, you know, that mm. of course they, they mean well but it's very hard to understand when you're living very different lives. Mm-hmm. When everything's being done for you and then mm. you're living independently and and really, yeah, working your guts out in every area of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then having to handle it all. We're finishing up school and you're heading into your early 20s. Are you out dating or what? how are you feeling in your body then? What's going on then? So Just we'll get to MKR in a sec, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so after school um, I put on a little bit more weight as well, mm. um, basically as soon as we finished up, was really not feeling good at all. My self-esteem was at an all-time low um, and my mental health was really bad. I'd sort of thrown care to the wind in terms of um, in, in my head I had no future, no prospects, um, you know, I didn't look, look good, I didn't feel good, I didn't like who I was and was getting into a lot of trouble. Yeah, I had a lot what of anxiety. What do you mean trouble? As in with the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got arrested a couple of times when I was 17. Did you? Yeah, I did. Mm. And um, I'm not proud of it, but it's, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it happened before I was an adult, put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in my body I was just feeling a little bit hopeless, to hopeless, be honest. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. And... Um, Probably exhausted too. Yeah. A bit exhausted. I think I was really exhausted physically and mentally. But around that time, I sort of had a bit of a wake-up call around my 18th birthday. Tell me. So I obviously had just recently been in a bit of trouble. I'd Mm -hmm. been going to court and, yeah, some different things. And Do you want to elaborate or not? um, It was a few driving offences. Okay, yeah. Um, And... Yeah, basically just had a big wake-up call, you know, turning 18, yeah. I can't possibly get in trouble because, you know, then I'm going to have a real criminal record. Yeah. And I started sort of basically taking my life into my own hands and thinking, what are we going to do here? Try and, yeah, do something with myself. 
Mm. So I picked up a second job. I had a full-time job at night and I had a full-time job during the day. Whoa. Yeah. What, so is this at 18? Yes, 18, yeah. Crikey. Yeah, so I, I worked I worked really hard, but I, I wasn't actually getting burnt out. Like I, my body yeah. was handling it well. Um, yeah. And I had purpose. So, you know, my... What were you thinking at that point? I just wanted to save as much money as I could just wow. to set myself up and give myself a future, really. And was that an actual moment? Like, do you remember that moment... Was it was it like when you're in the courtroom or after or like? Uh, I was definitely pretty young, some, pretty yeah. young to have a to have a reckoning like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Look, amazing. I was definitely having some thoughts in that courtroom, but I think, um, especially because uh, you know anyone that knows me, mm. like, I am not a. I'm not sort of a stereotypical criminal. <laughs> I was so scared. You've never seen a kid more scared in a courtroom in your life. Like, I could not have been. I don't. Yeah, I think they. You would have had the. You would have had the outfit perfect though, Jazzy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I went in super glam. Um, so yeah, it was. It was very out of character. Put it that way. Um, but I remember on my 18th birthday. Um, yeah. I was having some drinks with some friends, and I just sort of had this thought that um, I'm not going to drink anymore. Amazing. After this. Amazing. I didn't know how long, but I just knew that I didn't want to do that and I wanted to be really serious about what life. Um, <laughs> we didn't even touch on that, but did, was that was alcohol, it was alcohol a part of this story before then, would you yeah. say? And tell me what, what, what were you doing with it? Well, because I had so much freedom so young. Yep. And it was it was a big change in terms of, you know, I'd gone to not much freedom to a, a lot of freedom all at once. I definitely just did whatever I wanted. And yeah. that meant not going to school or drinking mm. whatever or, um, yeah, just doing essentially anything I wanted whenever I wanted mm. and probably took it a little bit too far mm-hmm. and, yeah, just – did things that I thought were cool and just drinking at any chance and, yeah, I quickly realised it wasn't going to get me far. Do you remember at that time with all that freedom when you were drinking, was there a, how it felt or was there a purpose? Like do you remember being drunk and going, this is great, I like this feeling or was it more just experimental, do you think? Like do you remember what it was like in your body at all? Um, if anything, it was... I was never a very open person. Like I said before, I was always very embarrassed and I wasn't someone who ever talked about my feelings or anything like that. I was always sort of Mrs. Cool in terms of like on the outside. So I just used to remember every time I drank, I'd be incredibly embarrassed because I used to really open up and and I'd Mm. start talking to my friends about how I was feeling and things like that. And then I'd be incredibly embarrassed the next day and Mm. have anxiety and just you know, those awful days where it's just like you, yeah. you're thinking through everything you've done and said and just regrets, regrets. Yeah. Alcohol's a big one for those, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. God, that's that's so interesting. That's amazing. Okay, so you've, you've come to this point where you like said to yourself, I want to turn things around mm-hmm. and you've got your two jobs. Are you um, – have you got a boyfriend then or dating or are you, is that part of the plan or are you interested in you, – you, are you interested in sex? Like is that any of that happening? Um, yeah, here and there, but it yeah. was definitely not my main focus. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I still was, I was very, always very active on the apps, you know, your <laughs> Tinders and your, yes. your whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I did go on quite a lot of dates, but, mm. you know, it was never, um, never anything super serious. For, mm. There was times where I definitely wanted it to be, but m- at that point I was in such a bad space that my type was anyone who wasn't interested in me. So I was sort of just always chasing the wrong people and mm. yeah, it, didn't, it just didn't really happen for a, a long time. So you organised for my daughter Stella and you to try out for a, t- a national television show called My Kitchen Rules. Yeah. Um, how old were you girls again? We were 20. 20. Yeah. Holy hell. Um, tell me about that experience physically because I know obviously from Stella that you guys were worked to the bone. Mm. What Just before... You know, we get into the being reality program celebrity. Um, what was it like working on that show from a physical point of view? As much as we really loved it and had a great experience, it was very taxing on the body. Yeah. The schedule was just back to back to back for six months straight. Um, mm. And, you know, some filming days would be 13 hours. Some would be, well, I remember our instant restaurant, which if anyone who hasn't seen MKR is where you're cooking at your house and everyone flies to your state. Um, We filmed for 25 hours. Are you serious? Yeah, and I just remember, because we filmed it at your house, (laughs) I remember just going to the toilet in your bathroom and pissing brown and I've just never been so dehydrated. Like everyone has a dehydrated wee every so often, but this was something else. (laughs) (laughs) This was something else. Wow. 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 And also wasn't it? Where you would have to sit in those restaurants potentially outside pretending it was summer when it was winter? Mm, Yeah, I remember we were in Melbourne and it was like negative one degrees, three in the morning, we're still sitting there pretending we're about to eat the entrees and just sitting for such long amounts of time. It was very, very hard to um, be healthy. You know, it was hard to get enough sleep, let alone move your body and fit some exercise into the day. And then plus we were cooking like crazy and practising dishes over and over. We were eating the same, you know, very rich foods that we were cooking for the show. And a lot of crap, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you find that thing of seeing yourself on telly and all of a sudden people, obviously millions of Australians seeing you too, were you okay and how are you feeling in in yourself and in your body and seeing yourself like that? Mm. Well, about six months before we went to the show, mm. I had just lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been vegan <laughs> for a while for weight <laughs> yeah. loss purposes, for whatever reason, just had done a lot of binge eating and went through a rough time and over a couple of months put on about close to 20 kilos. And during the show or before the show? Just before. Just so before. we found yeah. out that we had made it onto the show. Yep. The application process was very long. We found out and it was sort of like right when I had just put on a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And as much as I was thrilled to be on the show, I had a lot of anxiety about, um, n- number one, I was feeling a lot of emotions. But when you put on such dramatic amount of weight, you know, you've gone from having great confidence to in what feels like overnight having awful confidence again. Mm-hmm not liking yourself, not liking how you look and then knowing that that was what everyone else was going to see and that's how Mm. people would see me as Mm -hmm. this size and looking this certain way um, was, yeah, caused me a lot of anxiety. 
Did it? Yeah. yeah. How did you feel about the attention on you? Um, I suppose because the show was filmed, you know, it was filmed in 2017 and aired in 2018. So yeah. when it's being filmed, no one knows, no one knew what we were doing really yeah. other than a few people. Um, I didn't even have an iPhone. I took over a brick phone. I, I barely kept in touch with anyone in Perth and we really lived in this weird bubble in Sydney for six months. So it was sort of, and you forget the after the first episode, you forget the cameras are there. And it wow. didn't really feel like we were on a TV show until the next year and it was airing and, yeah. you know, me and Stella would be at the bus stop and the bus stop was us and yeah. then there's buses going by with our faces on it and billboards mm. and and it was crazy. But we didn't, at the time when we are actually in the midst of filming it all, yeah, it didn't really feel like it was a TV show, if that makes sense. Yeah, the timelines were quite weird. Mm. We girls were so funny and... So amazing. After this experience and you're heading into your 20s, what, like, what was happening with you when after you got back and you were back in Perth after MKR, weren't you? What, and then you were back yep. into work. How were you feeling then, Jazzy? Were you sort of – was it time to go back to that plan and kind of get your, you know, be charging on with your life that you had in your, in your mind? Yeah, I'd still been um, – I, I went back to the job that I had beforehand. Yeah. And, yeah, nothing had changed for me in terms of, you know, working and really mm. trying to save and, yeah, working any chance I could really. So I went back to that and I decided that I may as well get some qualifications in cooking and just sort of made sense to pursue that. It, to be honest, it wasn't really like my heart's desire, but at the time it's it made sense. Mm. Like we, we went on... My Kitchen Rules. Well, I dragged Stella into My Kitchen Rules because I wanted a chance at the quarter of a million dollars. Right. That was that was yeah. the reason. Um, and I also was hoping that it would segue onto Dancing with the Stars, which was secretly my, my <laughs> lifelong dream. <laughs> but that didn't work out. Um, God dang. But it was nothing to do with the food at all. Was, uh, once we got on there, obviously, we gave it a red hot go and we were going to learn to be the best goddamn, you know, home cooks there was so we could win the money. But um, it's not like I was wanting to pursue a career in chefing. Um, but when I came home, it, it, it made sense and so that's what I did. Yeah. Always on my feet, really. I was working yeah. a lot, lot of standing in my jobs. It was all, yeah. all hospitality work that I was doing. Lots and were work. you besides working, were you doing anything else like exercise-wise or moving? or? I went through phases with the exercise. Yeah. I, I still had a bit of a negative outlook. It was only ever when I was trying to lose weight that I was exercising. Yeah. So that was sort of tied to a negative feeling. Um, but I went through phases, you know, I dabbled in Pilates yeah. and, um, you know, just going to the gym or running, um, yeah, whatever it may be. And then I eventually got into doing cycling, like spin classes, which, yeah. I, which I really enjoyed. Awesome. You'd been in this kind of hard place before you went on MKR, but you'd made these plans. Were things changing for you as you were getting older, would you say, about how you felt about yourself in your body? Was anything sort of changing around that time or was it still that kind of punishment, exercise for punishment, would you say? Um, yeah, it, it was – I just sort of went through phases, to be honest. Like There yeah. was phases where I was super unhealthy and I would – um, you know, I was smoking a lot as well. Right. So yeah. I was smoking a lot of cigarettes. Sort of part of hospitality, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. 
Um, so I was yeah, smoking a lot. I was eating a lot of takeaway food in between jobs because I was going from one job yeah. to another and then just eating on the go at my jobs because it was in food businesses. So there was lots of food around all the time. So, yeah, at times I'd be unhealthy and then I'd sort of really crack down and be like, okay, I'm going to be really extreme and going to be super clean and super this and, um, yeah, would then get into exercise and be healthy. And my weight went up and down still in those times but it was less dramatic and and just as I got older and further into my 20s. Do you think you were kind of settling into yourself a bit more because you'd been independent for so long? Do you know what I mean? Like were you not settling into yourself? Were you finding your feet would you say? Yeah I I definitely was. By that point you know was a bit independent for you know seven years or so Mm. Um, and by that point I didn't have two jobs, just had the one job. Yeah. Um, and I had, you know, got some money behind me and I had a, had a proper place to live in, a proper house. Yeah. Um, it, I was doing quite well for myself re- realistically. Mm. And I think that's when I suppose I just relaxed what does that into mean? myself a bit. Yeah. Like yeah. To describe that for me. Um, I, I would say that I was in survival mode for years. Wow. And so I think... When I finally felt like I wasn't in survival mode, yeah, I just relaxed into myself a little bit. Mm. Just um, slowly started accepting myself a little bit more, letting myself be proud of of what I'd done and what I've achieved and what I know I will achieve. And yeah, I suppose just allowing myself to to be happy and just live life a little bit more. When you say survival mode, how how do you think? How would you describe that feeling in your body? Uh, I feel like it's, you know, constantly have a tight chest, mm. tight jaw, shoulders, back. Um, yeah, it's just you're, you're just you're just stressed and you're always focusing on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing and, mm. and getting through. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just not being able to sort of just take a breath. I think that's mm. why I smoked for so long, to be honest, because that was sort of my few deep breaths of the day. Wow, that's amazing. That's an amazing insight, isn't it? Mm. I, um, yeah, it's a very, very interesting insight. I had a counsellor once who said that, um, you know, she had a partner and she understood about um, him smoking because she felt like he needed it. Mm. That's how she came to understand him smoking and accept it, I should say, is she felt like he needed it. Yeah. I'm so interested in that point that you said that you just started to relax. Like what what happened there? I don't know. I think I think I probably got to a point where I just looked around and thought, you know, I, well, I, I have a home. I have yeah. you know, I've got a good job. I've 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 got I've got good savings behind me, you know, for rainy day mm. I can because that's the thing when you don't have a safety net mm. or when you feel like you don't have a safety net you, and that no one's going to look out for you if something happens. Is that extra pressure? So I feel like I just, yeah, I don't know when. I can't remember. There was no significant day, but I just, at some point, I just realised that, like, I'm okay now mm. and I can, It's yeah. a It's an incredibly sad indictment, isn't it, in that, um, um, I mean, you, you managed to find that within yourself to... To get to that point where you where you had made this safety net, but mm. for so many people, they can't for a multitude of reasons. 
And so that survival mode that you're talking about is how they have to live their entire lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's quite a quite a big realisation. What do you love about your body now? Do I love? I love my hair. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> um, I love my eyes. Um, I, I love that I'm, you know, I'm not a petite woman by any stretch of the word, but I'm very strong. Um, like I used to joke with some of my co-workers that I could take on any of the girls in the office because I definitely could <laughs> with, with little to no training because um, I am, I just am, I'm big and powerful. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. When do you now feel most in your body um, at 27? I would say when I have free time and just when I can really – on the weekend, basically, when I can go to the beach, yeah, have a sleep in, yeah. slow Sundays, that's mm. sort of when I can just really be present and just relax. Yeah, I think that's probably when I when I feel relaxed is probably when I feel most in my body. Wow, that's amazing. Um, have you got um, any embarrassing body stories for me? I don't think my version of embarrassing is anyone else's version of embarrassing. So, I, like, I'm too scared to even go to the doctor over like a, a mole on my arm. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I really have anything that's that's worth mentioning. To be honest, <laughs> I was going to um, share the story that um, when I was in grade five, I was living in Port Hedland, and I loved my um, sport teacher, Mr. Boyle. Like, I loved him mm. so much. You know, mm. as much as you can love someone like that when yeah. you're ten. Anyway, we were, and I played softball and um, I was at the plate batting up and he was standing around t- telling us what to do and I hit the ball and I was running for first base and as I did it, I farted. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm running to first base, I'm just saying, he's never going to love me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh, I would have had to leave the school if that was yeah. me. <laughs> That's how I felt. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> So you're 27 now. Tell me your tell me your hopes for sort of Jazzy in her 30s and beyond about how how you feel in your body and and yeah how how what, tell me how she's going to be. I hope as the years go on, I'll just become more and more comfortable and confident with myself. To be honest, I feel mm. like I've come leaps and bounds with this. I could still definitely be more content. Um, yeah, I hope. I hope that I'm fortunate enough to have babies. Yeah, do you? Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I hope, and I really think that I will actually love my pregnant body. I, I oh. just have this feeling that I will. I love. I'll that. feel good about it. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I love seeing pregnant women, so I think that, yeah, I think I would, I would love it. I hope I would love it, um, and I hope it would sort of be almost healing for me and my relationship with my body. Amazing. And then, in what way, like? Um, I suppose when you see what your body can do and mm. giving life and um, so, yeah, I feel like you can sort of just be more comfortable is what it mm. seems like yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Anything and then else? I suppose like 40s, 50s and beyond, I would just like to get to a place where I don't look back and regret wasting so much time and energy focusing on my body and how it looks and um yeah I suppose just remembering to have 
perspective and gratitude that like, you know, I can do all the things, I can run, I can walk, I can skip, I can hop, mm-hmm. I can do all sorts of stuff. And sometimes when I when I am feeling not great about it, mm-hmm. I like to sort of have this little conversation with myself that it sounds sort of sad, so I'll just preface that, but it's actually yeah. not. I like yeah. thinking like this. It's that we are in this huge, huge universe and I am so irrelevant. I'm this tiny, tiny, tiny speck. My weight doesn't matter. Like my looks don't matter. Really, to be honest, my achievements and who I am as a person don't even matter. Like I am just a blip in the universe and there'll be people and planets long after I leave as well. And I'm, I'm insignificant. Mm. And that brings me comfort, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, well, if it brings you comfort, it brings yeah. you comfort and it's and you know, sometimes when things the way I read that, well that how that lands on me is that, you know, you some things can seem insurmountable, can't they sometimes mm. and you get when you get in your head and yeah, it's a big one I'm reminding my, myself of regularly is um that time is precious. Mm. Really, really precious and um thank you so much for sharing your um your body story with me. I really really appreciate it and keep striving because you just you just seem to make whatever you want to happen happen. Thanks, I appreciate it and thanks for giving me the the platform. Beautiful. <laughs> The Body Story podcast is recorded on Noongar Buja in Walilup. I pay my respects to elders past and present and recognise their enduring connection to land, sea and water. Thanks to Vixel for the music and you can find them on SoundCloud as Hi, I'm Vixel. You can find me, Sarah Walwork, at bodyschool.com.au or Facebook and Instagram, Body School. Thanks so much for listening.